County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full-service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years of experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build long-term relationships with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Visit our website at movingrealestate.net or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE. Welcome to Where We Landed. I'm Scott Miller, one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by Iris Brunner. hey And we are excited to have an episode that I think you won't want to miss today. So I'm going to turn it over to Iris and yep. then we're going to introduce our guest. I'm in charge of the questions today. I'm so excited for these. I get to pick them out and think about my answers beforehand. <laughs> I'm usually like left off the cuff, like, oh, brain think, and it decides not to. So um, I have a little list here. I don't know where this list is from. The, I know we, Kylie's been doing the list from the Cosmopolitan BFF list, but this is just uh, good questions to get to know people. So my first question is, who knows you best? Who in your life knows you better than anyone else? Who is the person that can call you on your ish (laughs) and will shoot you straight and like already know, like, who's that one person that, you know, when they give you that feedback or they say this or they say that, who's that person that you're willing to receive it from and also know it's coming from a place of love? Who's that person? I'm going to say two. Okay. I'm going to give, so my wife, um, Jean, is very good on the ish part as well. So she, she's, she's really good. That, and that's so we don't have to put the little E for explicit. Right. And then, uh, my high school buddy, Joel, um, he, he would know me probably better than anybody else outside of Gene. Yeah. How about you? That's good. I'm, I'm definitely going to say Paige. At least he better know me better <laughs> yeah. than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were actually just talking about that the other day. Um, someone asked how long we'd been married and he said the wrong number, <laughs> 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 which was comical. But, um, but to that, like we have spent more of our life together than we have apart. That's so awesome. yeah. So we have been together for 25 years. Yeah. We've been married for 16, but together for 25. So like we grew up together, we're doing all the things. So I would definitely say him, but probably the person that is, um, the other person that probably knows me very, very well, um, is probably one of my longtime friends. Um, her name is Leah Dean Featherstone now. Um, but I've known her since the sixth grade. And when you talk about somebody that has grown up with you and like knows kind of every facet of you, um, I, I always know that like when she tells me something, um, I know that it is coming from a place of love. So, yeah. So that's, that's that's what I would say. And how about our guest today? Well, I would say like the, both of you, um, my spouse, Eric, uh, would be one who, uh, would know me the best and does, you know, calls you out sometimes on that stuff. So, um, and like you, we've been together quite a long time. Um, so I'd say that's pretty simple. Um, 
the other one that, you know, I kind of think we've lived in different places and your friends ebb and flow when you move. Um, so when I think back, where would I say? I would say my mom. Yeah. Um, she'll, she can call me out, you know, uh, yeah. or if I have something I just really can't figure out. I probably already know my answer, but I call my mom anyway and she, you know, can read me. So yeah. I'd say my mom probably. Yeah. That's a, that's a good person to get validation from too. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. like, okay. I might know this, but I, I need some backup. That's so. right. Um, okay. So my second question is what is the most important decision you have ever made so far? So wow. far, uh, I have mine. So uh, this way I can give you guys time to think about it. Um, and, and I have uh, talked about this before and I joke about it because, you know, everything in my life, my, my coping mechanism is to either avoid it or tell a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm real honest about it. <laughs> um, but probably the most important decision that we have made so far was to come back to Grant County. Even though I say I came back kicking and screaming um, and I do vividly remember being like Paige you can't get a job anywhere else <laughs> um but like it really has like set up the trajectory of like everything that has happened for for the both of us um individually but then also together and like our family and I would not want to raise my kids anywhere else yeah, yeah. so that's my probably at the time I didn't know that it was an important decision that we were making <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I can reflect on it now yeah mm -hmm. So the two that came to my mind right away. So first one um, was my decision from a faith perspective, like what faith to follow. Um, and I think that was transformational for me. Ah. And then the second one is who to marry. Um, pick, not picking Jean, but allowing <laughs> it, you know, that, that to happen. And so she... But Jean is, picking you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's say it right. Yeah, yeah. So that was... Uh, those were two. Those were my two biggest decisions. Good, good. Wow, that's a big question. I know. I'm, I'm Goodness, digging deep. You're philosophical today. I, I know. Both of them have been a little deeper there this morning. So, <laughs> um, let's see. The biggest, most important decision so far. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but as you said, um, you know, coming back to Grant County, ours would just be moving back to Indiana mm. um, because that was a monumental decision that we made. Uh, as a couple when we decided to do that. So I, I think that's probably the biggest decision um, that we made. Uh, one of the others would be leaving the, what I would call the for-profit world for the nonprofit world, because yeah. uh, you really have to have a heart for what you're doing in a nonprofit world, because um, it's just a different, yeah. you operate like a for-profit because it's not that you're not trying to make money, <laughs> but you, must have a more of a heart in what you're doing um, yeah. because of the commitment that you're putting forth in it. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, it is so, a leap of faith. It is for sure. One more. You want one more? Let's go one more. One more. Is no, that where you're guess. Well, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I was like, are we yeah. ready? Yep. Um, okay, so maybe this one will be a little easier. <laughs> uh, when did you first feel like an adult? Mm. <laughs> okay, I have mine. <laughs> I read them ahead of time, yeah, so I already thought hours. of mine. Yeah. So I think when I first felt like an adult um, was when I had to make that first student loan payment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true one. When that bill showed up, it was one thing like, you know, you're already making a car payment. You already have like an apartment. You already have this. You already have that. And you're like, 
oh, like I'm six months out after college and I should have a real job and there's no turning back now because they want me to pay this back. So mine would be that first student loan payment. That's good. Mm -hmm. Do you have one, Kelly? You want me to go? Um, I would say mine would have been when I had to go find a place to live in another state because I went to college in state. Yeah. So moving out of state to me was that big, aha, I'm an adult kind of, moment nobody told me hey let's go find a place to live yeah that's, you know, it was yeah the safety big. net's gone right that's right no it's, turning back that's right oh that's good uh mine would have been driving them a first vehicle and and i think it was huh. my parents my dad especially said you are now going to be making life and death decisions <laughs> as it relates to driving a vehicle because you've got this automobile that can yeah can impact people's futures. Um, and That's so, good. so anyway, that was, that would have been my, uh, my welcome to adulthood moment. Yeah. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. I have the opportunity today. So I, and I didn't remember this until she just told me this, but one of the first people that I had spent some time with were Kelly and her husband, um, when I got mm-hmm. to Grant County. And now that she says that I totally remember it. <laughs> But I didn't remember it until she just said it a few minutes ago off air. But Kelly uh, Shear grew up in Rensselaer, Indiana, um, graduated from Purdue, lived in several different states, but moved back to Indiana in 2002 and moved to Marion. She's worked in food service sales, 4-H extension education, and nonprofit development throughout her career. Her husband, Eric, uh, and she have two children, both now in college, and we'll look forward to hearing about them. Um, and we are super excited to have you, Kelly, and, well, and especially you. the things that you're doing now in our community uh, with Carry Services and the impact that you're having on so many lives. So I would love, Kelly, for you to start our program today and just share with us, how did you get to Grant County? Wonderful. Well, thank you for first. Thank you for having me today. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh listened in. It's always neat to hear the different stories that are out there about how people have landed here in Grant County. And um, I grew up, as you said, on the west side of the state of Indiana and met my in Rensselaer, Jasper County and rural community. I grew up on the farm. My parents still live there. They graduated from high school. They still live there today. Um, I went to Purdue, studied agricultural sales and marketing. Yeah, growing up, thought I was going to be the my dream was to be the first uh, secretary of agriculture for the state, female secretary of agriculture for the state of Indiana. Huh. Um, you know, somebody else has done that now, so I can't go do it. But yeah. um, that was my dream. And so I studied agricultural sales and marketing, uh, met my husband at Purdue. We dated. Uh, we graduated from college, moved to I had to think about it a while back, uh, Massachusetts for uh, my first job with Hormel Foods in food service sales. And we lived there for about nine months till we moved to Virginia Beach, a much you know nicer, warmer area than Massachusetts. <laughs> um, and we lived there while I did food service sales and Eric worked uh, with a cable company doing cable installation. And I took a job tra- transfer with Hormel Foods to their international division in the summer fall of 99 and we moved to Minnesota. So we went from you know, Massachusetts cold to 
Virginia Beach, then to Minnesota, to the cold. So uh, that's where the corporate headquarters for Hormel Foods is located. And I went into international sales there. I was sharing earlier off air that uh, I sold rail cars full of uh, byproducts. So the kidneys, the hearts, things like that overseas. So it was quite interesting job. Um, and learning how to price that and negotiate that was, was a challenge, but I loved it. And went into marketing uh, in the international area there too, then worked on new product design, label design. So we had our second child while we were in Minnesota. Our first one was born in Virginia Beach. And after having our second one, we decided that my parents, um, our families were coming to see us or we were coming back to Indiana about every six weeks um, just to be connected. So I grew up where my grandparents lived in town um, Eric grew up with his grandparents. He grew up in Huntington. So his and his grandparents were right there. Um, it was important to us for us, ha- our children to have the opportunity to be tied to uh, their family closer than just every whip stitch, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. So we decided it was time to move back to Indiana. How did we get to Grant County? Um, well, my job needed me to be near Indianapolis. I, uh, transferred with Hormel Foods. After we got here, I went into Cisco food service, that kind of thing. But when I first came, I needed to be near Indy because I covered different districts and states. Eric found a job at the Huntington Airport. So we had looked other places and lo and behold, Marion was kind of that in-between spot. And (laughs) that's how we landed in Marion. But we've been here now since 2002. So 21 years so I think it t- bodes well to speak that it we got here and it felt like home. So yeah. it made us stay connected. So tell us about the two kiddos. Yeah. So Kaylin is, um, what is she, 24, I think. <laughs> I think that's about right. She's 24 years old. Uh, she is getting her master's of physician assistance. Um, so she graduated from Marion, um, was a Lily's is I guess because she's uh, a Lily Scholar so we were very fortunate for that she went to um, the other school and we always joke she went to IU Bloomington uh, well <laughs> yeah so I will say for four years we did cheer for Bloomington um, mostly though in rowing because she was a rowing athlete uh, wow. at That's cool. IU learned uh, was recruited uh, to do that learned it there and that was four fun years um, uh, doing that even through COVID yeah. so those cr- those crew kids are dedicated yeah. they did those early morning practices yes, yeah even early. when I was there yeah, very early so that was a neat opportunity she started then she graduated in what what year were you now 20 2023 so yeah. she graduated <laughs> that's really bad you know I feel like since COVID time stopped wow. I'm like I yeah. feel like we're just in 2020 forever Goodness, it's like yeah 2020 groundhog day so she would have graduated in 2022 <laughs> 22 yes mm-hmm. um, May of 22 and went right into grad school at IU in Indianapolis okay um, so she's finished her first full year and actually to this is finishing her start of her rotations now for clinicals. So she'll be done in August of 24 um, and then take the exam to become a physician assistant. Cool. Um, She, let's see, we have a son. Garrett is now a senior at Purdue studying finance with a concentration in marketing. He graduated also from Marion 
And I, a funny story about our two kids graduating from Marion. So they went to Catholic school growing up, um, preschool through sixth grade, because that's where St. Paul went at, through that time. And we looked when we bought our home back in 2002. Mind you, my husband is a Huntington grad and I'm not from this side. His words were, and sorry, Eric, I'm just going to share them. <laughs> we are living so that our children do not go to Marion. Ah. And that's because of the rivalry between rivalry. Huntington mm-hmm. and yeah. Mary. Nothing to say big. anything about It was Marian. big when I was at Marion too. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, it's the rivalry mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, so we lived actually, we currently still live in Madison Grant School District, but our children went to Marion um, because we spent some time, school choice came about and we were able to evaluate where we felt was the best fit for our child. And I think that's huge for any youth um, and any family to do what's right for you. And so we opted Marion. Part of that's our support network. While we came back to Indiana for her family, they didn't live right here. I traveled for work. And so we needed help with the kids from time to time. And our friends said, we'll help you, but not if they're going to Madison Grant because we don't go that way. (laughs) Right. So I mean, that plays a big factor in that, but they loved going there. They gained a lot. Um, And I will share that they, went to college and their friends are like, how are you so far ahead? Uh, Where are you at? And it's because of what they were able to get where they went to school. So we're very proud of the both of them as most parents, you know, uh, love to talk and boast about their kids. They were actively involved in sports, um, actively involved in 4-H in the community, volunteered at church. They just, they're the light of our lives and they still are. We love to do things with them. I mean, we tailgate at Purdue now. Um, I We go down to Indianapolis and do things together. So it, we love talking about them and sharing what they do and can't wait to see what the future holds for both of them. Tell us a little bit about Carry Services, how you got there and what you do on a day-to-day basis there and, and the mission of the organization. So Carry Services is a nonprofit for those that don't know in Grant County that serves individuals with disabilities and um, families and, and their families and families um, from prenatal moms to early um, childhood education, basically through age three. I am the director of fund development. I have been there two years and it has been very rewarding. Um, you know, we, I talked about the nonprofit world and making an impact. And that's something that I think everybody who goes into nonprofit feels that they want to do and how can they make that connection and impact. And what I do every day, um, I might not be sitting beside that person, helping them learn a new skill or explore a new food, whatever it may be. But I know the work I'm doing in a daily basis helps to give them those opportunities. So um, basically, as Iris would know, if she's in the development world, it's I define development as growth. Um, it's the growth in the awareness of the organization. It's the growth in our employment, our reach. And of course, with anything, it's the growth in the funding that supports the work that that's done. You can't keep growing um, without increasing your funding. Um, it's kind of like that's where the profit comes in on the other side of, you know, the for-profit world is sell more things. Well, in the nonprofit world, it's make more connections, Um, show how you're demonstrating the impact and connecting people to every one of us wants to make a philanthropic difference. And, and 
So my goal is to find what is that for each person that I interact with? And is it something at Carry Services that is that philanthropic need that, or mission that they want to accomplish? And if it is, awesome, let's connect you with what that is. If it's not, then let me connect you with somebody else in the community who lets you fulfill that need or mission that you have. So I write grants, I do donor relations, work events, help with social media, you, you know, anything that grows what we can do to turn abilities into opportunities. Yeah. That That's the mission that I work for each and every day. Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years of experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build long-term relationships with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Visit our website at movingrealestate.net or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE. What would be some of the things that our community could be doing to better support Carry services. How 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 does this community? Carrie's been here for a long time. We're celebrating seventy years. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. That's awesome. It's pretty amazing. And so, are there things right now that our community could be doing to better help Carrie services or help you grow? The community has been unbelievable. Um, just in my time here, it's amazing to me. But I look back over the seventy years and the community has gotten us to where we are. I mean, we started as a grassroots organization in 1954. Uh, some parents got together and said, we want something more for our families, our children, our individuals in the community with disabilities. And that hasn't stopped in 70 years. Uh, the United Way was very instrumental in the very beginning. I think it was called in the history community chess, community I believe. Chess, yeah. Yeah. Um, that they provided funding when we first got started. And to this day, they're still helping um, because we are partially funded for some of our programming through that. Uh, so the community from the very get go has been the key that drives the work we do, whether that be volunteers coming in or the funds coming in. So when I think about what can the community do, it's keep doing. Um, it's you know not anything new. It's keep asking questions, keep challenging us to do more, keep asking us what can I do. On Thursday night, um, a while back, we had a ribbon cutting for our Empower Academy. And I started out my part of it. My part was the great part. I got to thank people. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love to be able to thank the people? Part, the yeah. best part. That's the best mm -hmm. part. And I used a quote that says, um, and I'm going to mess it up now, but it's something about each of us can make a difference, but together we make change. Mm. And that's huge. That, that's what happens when we all come together. And the person that started that, and Barbara, I think it's Mikulski, if I remember correctly, um, she was a U.S. senator, um, actually in House of Representatives. But she went to work every day, the story says, and said, how can I help you? And that's what we want the community to keep asking. How can I help you? Um, and how you can help depends upon what you desire. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not here to say, hey, I need you to give me X amount of dollars or I need you to give me new furniture or what what is it you have that can fulfill a need that we have or maybe create a new need or challenge us to do more. So just be inclusive. Um, you know, I encourage you in the community when you see our individuals and our staff to interact with them. Um, smile. I bet you're going to get more reward than they do um, because it warms your heart every day. So, I mean, that might sound simple, but just interact. Yeah. Uh, share with us a little bit about what the Academy is. Yes. So yeah. the Empower Academy, um, for those who are probably used to hearing about disability services organizations, um, there was the former terminology, and I, I don't like using this terminology, but sheltered workshop is what most people mm -hmm. would think of, but where people are paid sub-minimum wage for the work that they do. Yeah. And you know what? The model as has evolved over the years. That was what was working, and it was great. But we really were challenged back in 2001 or 21 to say, what else can we do? People said we wanted more. We want more for our loved ones, more for people in this community with disabilities. They don't want to come to carry services every day of their lives all day and spend all day there. Would we love that? Well, yeah, because that's part of it. But we, they wanted more. They wanted to learn career skills. Um, if you think about it, Young people get their career skills getting a side job, but most of the time an individual with disabilities doesn't get a job in high school yeah. um, or out of high school. And sometimes it's the idea of how can they integrate in competitive employment and they need those skills. So we um, created, took our sheltered workshop, if you want to call it that. So a big, create an image, think of a warehouse um, or I grew up on a farm, so I'm going to say you're the what people call a barn now, the big metal buildings with a big open space in it, mm -hmm. kind of think visually. And now think of it as nine modular units with community space in the middle, bright colors, um, all sorts of equipment, um, lessons that will be taught, technology that you walk into and you will learn career skills and life skills. It's not just, hey, this is how to use an autoclave, or this is how to cook something. It's also, what do I need to be healthy every day for work? How yeah. do I manage my finances? Mm -hmm. What about teamwork? Yeah. What about communication? What about planning, organizing? So creating those life skills that increases independence and helps you live your best life. Each of us has a different definition for that, but what can we do at Carry Services to walk alongside the individual to help them live their best life. And that's what will happen in the Empower Academy. They're going to find their path at Carry Services so that they can live their best life in a meaningful way and hopefully be engaged and employed out in the community. That's so much. I love it so, so much. And I, I think the beautiful piece of that to remember too is like sometimes when we work in nonprofits, there's this scarcity mindset and we don't deserve nice things or our clients <laughs> don't deserve them right. because they're expensive. And mm -hmm. I literally believe the opposite of that. I'm like, they deserve every good thing in the world yes. that, that we all get. Right. Mm -hmm. So why would we give them anything less? So kudos to you guys. It, it's beautiful. beautiful. I will tell you the, it has been very rewarding. I mean, I started at a great time because they uh, carry services was awarded the grant in August of 21. 
and I started in September. So it was an awesome time to get started. Um, but now in, as uh, awesome's become a big part of my vocabulary, because if you know my CEO, it's in our values and yeah. he uses it all the time. Yes. So it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. um, so it's even more awesome going forward because I get to take people in and say, look at what we're doing. Look at how we've changed things. Look at the opportunities. How else can we engage? Um, you know, I look, Scott, I think about your organization and we're going to be teaching equipment repair. So talking with you and bringing you in and an example would be showing you what we're teaching in equipment repair and you saying, you know what, I really need individuals that can do X, Y, Z. Maybe it's use a level to make sure that we put a beam in there, our quality control, whatever yeah. it may be. So we work with that skill set. We train someone on that. Then they come to you and you can work with them and might be able to employ them. And they're going to be able to earn above minimum wage um, and bring not only their skill with them, but the pride that they bring to work increases the productivity of your individuals on your work staff already. Um, it takes your work staff's morale up. I mean, the research just shows it, brings the morale of everybody up. It increases their productivity because that individual's coming and doing something. And if they're doing it well, which you're gonna find most of them don't challenge um, what's happening as to a lot of employees, and they're gonna do the system. Your current employees are gonna feel, that, understand that you value each person as an individual and be more loyal to you going yeah. forward. Yeah, that's really good, Kelly. Um, if you were to think back, three most influential people in your life that have really made a difference, um, who are those people and how do they influence you? Three most influential, you know, you can always name a lot of them, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the most influential people um, is my dad. Uh, my dad is Steve Jordan. Um, so my dad has been, uh, he's a hard worker. I mean, and taught me that just when you give to something, when you're involved in something, you give it your all. Um, he volunteered in the community heavily when I was growing up. He worked hard to make sure we were making ends meet, but he also found time to be at our events, be present in our lives. Um, he, I mean, he was there all the time. We showed pigs um, growing up. He drove, so funny story. Um, when I started doing sports, he got his chauffeur license so that he could drive the school bus to and from the games. <laughs> so Perfect. that, you yeah. know, if you're gonna go get paid to, right? <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, one game, the coach um, of the game, uh, our girls team was, um, kicked out of the game and he had, he was the only one around. Um, so he had to coach and he likes to joke that he's one and oh as a varsity yeah. high school varsity girls coach. So, Undefeated. <laughs> that's right. He tells the story a lot. So, but what he's just been very, a very good role model for me um, in how to do things do it to the best of your ability, but not be afraid to jump in and share and try. And, you know, there's a motto in 4-H, the 4-H motto is to make the best better. And I think I live that in everything I do because it was ingrained in me by watching my dad. And we've been involved in 4-H, I mean, before I was even um, 
able to join. And so I think I'm still a volunteer in it now. And that motto just lives on. So that's one. Um, now it becomes a little more challenging. Let's see who would be another role model for me. Um, I think I never really thought about it. I mean, as I have, but one of them would be, um, my math teacher in eighth grade. Um, this is Marge Day and, um, she challenged us, um, in our math class to always, be happy, be work harder, think smarter, problem solve. And I think that drives you forward. Um, I look back and she always used to tell me, you're going to be a teacher when you grow up. I think you really should be a teacher. And it, I thought for a long time, maybe I might try and do something like that. I even did a stint um, when I, after I moved to town, I did teach at Indiana Business College while I went to school or excuse me, while I worked. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I think just knowing that she was always confident in each of us as students and kind of tried to help us identify some of our strengths that help us push forward as we entered high school. Um, that is someone who, uh, when I look back, I would say was very influential. Excuse me, I can't even say influential. There we go. Um, and a third one, um, as crazy as this sounds, it's my children. Um, because they push me each and every day to be a better person. Um, I've learned um, how to be more forgiving, be more accepting, um, more humble, because they're in my life. Um, and they, you know, they're a role model for me. And it seems kind of crazy, but because they're younger, usually role models are older or more your peers. Um, but for me, when I look at how they're chasing their dreams um, and the goals that they want to achieve, it makes me want to keep working and wanting to achieve. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So we've talked about um, where you grew up. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, moving around. We talked about landing here. Yeah. Um, what is keeping you here? the community. I think uh, if I put it in a simple word, um, you know, my husband now works in fish fishers. He said to me, you know, we could move. And actually I said, I don't want to have to make new friends again. I don't have kids <laughs> to help me get connected. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's the joke I tell him all the time. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But in reality, it's the community. Um, it is, it draws you in. Um, I mean, you can, be drawn in as much as you want to be. You have to be want to be and have a desire to stay connected. Um, I can go places and know people in almost every place I go. Um, they're a giving community. They want to make a difference. Um, and, you know, everywhere you go, people can say good and bad things about where you're at. I, I don't care whether it's a certain school, it's a certain geographic area. But I think here there's a history and a heritage that sometimes gets overlooked of how the community makes such an impact. I live, um, for lack of a better description, if you grew up here or from here, I live in Weaver, Indiana. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what Weaver, Indiana yeah. was when I moved here. Uh, and I don't know, Scott, if you know Weaver, Indiana? Yeah, we've had a, um, Andrew Morrell was on yeah. a while back mm -hmm. and he talked about the Weaver settlement. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, um, a black owned settlement 
in which, you know, is their own city and they did all the things. So yeah, yeah Weaver, Weaver has very, very strong roots. Yes. So mm-hmm. I lived there and I'll never forget when we moved there. Um, our neighbor was nervous because the land, the home we were buying was one that he had sold to his daughter mm-hmm. and their family. And so we were going to be quote an outsider, you know, moving in. Um, but he was very friendly, John Taylor, um, and wonderful man. Um, he invited us. He shared stories of the community with us. Um, a neighbors club was still going on at that time where we went to different houses for dinner each month. And I love that. so we were in- initially connected that way because we didn't know anybody. Um, and he took us um, on a trip on a bus to the Indiana State Museum when the Weaver Settlement um, was at a museum in the State Museum down there. And I will tell you, I encourage you, Scott, the public library has the Weaver history in it here in town. Now the Marion Public Library does. So that was a first instant connection. And I think about how that settlement made an impact in Grant County overall. And the community that brings that all together. And I think that's what keeps us here is knowing that we aren't done making an impact ourselves in this community. Um, I don't, I feel I still have more impact I can make and do. And that drives me. It's a job not finished yet. Um, But I also feel that connection with things to do, places to go, stuff to explore, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to commend you. So I, I watch people all the time. And, and so whether it's an event or just in the community here, but one of the things that I've recognized about you, you are so good with people with their names. Like you are. (laughs) Thank you. I wouldn't say that, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think in your role, it's a tough one because you meet so many people, but Mm -hmm. you have a gift and just how you use people's names um, throughout a conversation. I've watched you do that in different settings and it's really impactful <laughs> because I think it makes a difference in people's lives. Well, and, thank you. and so you're a perfect fit for what you're doing right now mm-hmm. um, because you. of that. And I think Carry Services and our community has been blessed because of what you've been doing from a fundraising standpoint, de- development standpoint. <laughs> so um, what was your favorite subject in school growing up? Math. Did you like it? Yeah. And is there a It's very factual. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's one answer. That's right. You didn't have to discern it. My worst was biology. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. Just couldn't do it. I haven't experienced this yet, but some of my friends who have kids are going through math now. There's new math. Yeah. I can't do new math. My kids. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, oh, I loved math. I was really good at math. I'll help them when they're going through school. Yeah, forget that business. I mm. might show them how to do it. And they're like, that's not how you do it, mom. I'm like, did I get the right answer? Well, yeah. <laughs> then I don't know. You, If you have to do it that way, do it that way. But I'll show you how I did it. So yeah, that was one of my favorites. I mean, also, I don't want to dismay this. My agriculture classes yeah. were also very important to me um, because that is a foundation of, of my life. Um mm-hmm. And it's very important to, I mean, I went into food service sales because I didn't want to do production agriculture, but I wanted to still have an impact in agriculture. And that Mm. is why I went into food service sales because, I mean, that goes into everything we do. So Um, so I've shared with people on here, like my best time of the day 
it's about like 11 to one lunch hour. That's my, my best time. That's when I'm most productive. But do you have a time of the day when you get your best work done? Wow, that's a good question. Years ago, I would tell you it was like 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock at night yeah. because I was at home. My kids were in bed. Um, I could finish work that needed done around the house or uh, electronically, that kind of thing. But I, um, now I can't even stay up past nine o'clock. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not 10 o'clock to yeah. 12 o'clock. Yeah. Um, so now I would say my most productive time um, is probably, wow, that's a good question. Maybe four to 6 p.m. Um, because, you know, in the morning I'm trying to get started. I, I can be productive in the morning. It's not that I can't be, um, but at the, from that four to six, I've had my day, I've kind of prioritized and I know these things have to be finished before I can say, this has been a good day. I, I can say that I've made an impact today. I've done my job. I've had a, you know, what is that? Rest good, rest well, good soul or something. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, that today mm -hmm. I made that impact I needed to make to, for the next step forward. And so from four to 6 PM, I think. I probably relate with that a lot too, because I'm a champion procrastinator and I am driven by deadlines. Me too. <laughs> so I don't think Jim likes that very well. Uh, <laughs> hey, you get it done by the day he asks, so that's all that matters. That's right. If you wanted it on a different date, then you needed to ask for that date. That's right. <laughs> I was going to say, but I feel like that turns into my good time because like everybody starts to leave. That's a lot of mine too. Yeah. So if you ever drive by and see my little light on, it's because that's because mm -hmm. I can get things done yeah. at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you and Carry Services have any significant events coming up over the course of the next year that people should get on their calendar if, if they want to be a part of? Very good question. So we will be having our expressions, um, annual expressions event, which is celebrates our Creative Hearts Art Studio where the individuals make art and sell it. Um, they're entrepreneurs. We call them art, artist entrepreneurs because they retain um, or earn 60% of the selling price um, awesome. for themselves. So we the art will be on sale in our retail store that's part of the Empower Academy, um, which will be easier for people to come in and purchase. We haven't publicized our true official hours of that yet. Um, or the food service side. But for the expressions event, look for it to be, we don't have the date set for sure. That's actually next, I might be a meeting coming up soon. I can't even remember. <laughs> but I think it's going to be kind of a, either into November, early December, so that you can get holiday gifts. I tell you, that's many people get holiday gifts from there for me. Um, I love that. It's a great that's thing. That's a great idea. So um, the expressions events coming up, I will tell you, be watching for information on when our retail store will open with regular hours. Um, it's in a name. We're working on the name of that. We've had, it's been a long going. So we'll have an announcement with the name and some hours and the food service kitchen. Um, it's a state of the art, brand new, all brand new equipment. So if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to come take tours. Um, we will eventually be opening that where you can come in and have lunch, um, a snack during the day, do work in the space and we'll, you go sit at a coffee shop, come sit at Carrie Services in the Empower Academy and and work. So um, a name and the hours of that will be coming forth. Um, and look for March, our uh, Denim and Diamonds event. So I don't have an exact date on those. We like to try and plan a calendar out, but, you know, <laughs> 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 you know it, yeah. that is 
um, a rolling thing. Yeah. So I will tell you in October, we'll have a library display. Um, so at the Marion Public Library, the big case that's in there, oh. we're going to have a display there. Uh, so check that out. I think you can learn a lot about our employment services, which helps individuals find jobs, as well as our other services we offer. And once a month, we'll start advertising them here. We're going to do discover tours. So you can come in, we'll provide lunch and tour and learn about what we do. It's kind of a lunch and learn. And uh, our first one is um, coming up. I would say they're the second, typically they're the second Wednesday of the month. I think our one here in October is pushed back a little bit due to some scheduling, but um, you can reach out to me at Carry Services, um, call our office or send me an email. We can get you scheduled for a tour. You don't have to come then, but lunch is provided on that one. If you come a different day, you might not get lunch with you, unless the, the uh, food service restaurant's open. But, yeah. so. Those are great. Thanks for giving us some different things that, yeah. we, that our community and ourselves can be looking forward to doing. Thank you. Is there anything that you're listening to right now, uh, whether it's podcast or any learnings that you're you're doing, anything you're Good. reading, anything you're watching on TV that our guests uh, or, or uh, listeners might be interested in? Um, well, my husband and I are watching Marvelous Miss Maisel. Maisel. Yeah, I mean, we were looking for something new to watch, so we started watching that just to give us something. You know, we don't watch it unless we're both able to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes us at least take some time um, to make sure, even with kids out of the house, you think that you'll have more time. And I was just talking to some other people. It doesn't happen. You still fill your life up with things to do. So, um, but busyness is a state of mind and what we put forth. So we have to make that um, mm -hmm. on there. So we're watching that. Um, he would tell you, I watched what's it called? Tiny house all the time. Oh. I put it on so that I can work. I grew up, I don't listen to music when I work. I have to, the television can be on. Um, so Some I don't have background we, noise. Yeah. yeah. We've cut the cord as people call it. You know, yeah. we just use our television sure. antenna. So we have a, huh. a television that has tiny house as one of the channels. So I put it on <laughs> and just let it go. Um, so I wouldn't say I watch it, but it's on. If you come in my house, he'll say, Oh, you're watching that again. Um, listening to, I listen to audiobooks that I can get for free off of my prime reading. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I just look for what's available um, and listen, uh, do that. Some podcasts, of course, I listen to a lot of the Where We Landed. Um, I listen to, what's the one that I've been, um, oh, Crime Junkies. Crime Junkies. That's yeah. a good one. I like that because I like the Law and Order shows yep. and things that are Good. I used to listen to Good Bones, mm. that kind of thing, when I walked. So Crime Junkies, I listen to that when I'm driving uh, longer distances, things mm. like that. So not, awesome. not nothing philosophical or anything. I try to use it to get my head out of things. So I hear you say tiny house in the background. Is that something you endeavor to have? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, no, you're in my space. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I need my space. I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm always amazed so. what they do, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just before we wrap up, what is the definition of tiny house? Is there a certain amount of square footage? Is it like under 800 square feet or I 600? I have no idea. There's been a few on there over a thousand, but I, I don't know what the true definition is. Of a like tiny house. our first house was 1200 square feet. So I, we already had a tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> I, my husband and I traveled to uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin for the air venture this July. Yeah. And we spent a week living in a camper. So we lived in a tiny house for a week. 
that's about the probably as long as we can do a tiny house. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, we um, a number of years, like ten years in a row, we did like a camping trip at Holiday World, oh. and we'd rent one of their, and like it would be like six of us. <laughs> I'm like, go outside. Yeah, very much so. Well, it has been great uh, to spend some time with you, Kelly. Um, Thank you. I've enjoyed my time and sharing. And I just want to say it's a pleasure to be here and be able to be a part of this and an honor. But it's also a pleasure and an honor to have landed in Grant County. And um, we have some pretty amazing people who do amazing things. And there's awesome things yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're thankful for you, Kelly, and we're thankful for our listeners uh, this week. And so please download us, like us, and tell others about where we landed. And we'll see everybody next week. See ya. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas. 